How to Start Your Own Ultra Learning Project, Part 2, written by Scott Young, August 2016. So earlier, I recorded the first part of this two-part series on how to start your own ultra-learning project. I wrote about why you should take on an ultra-learning project and how to design the project to maximize the chance of success. Ultra-learning projects, like my MIT challenge or Year Without English, are goals to learn something concrete in an intense and aggressive way so as to make rapid progress. They're kind of the opposite of dabbling in something, where you learn without a firm direction or intent. Learning through low-pressure dabbling is great, but it's like floating along a river. You can get stuck in rocks or rapids if you're not careful. Through ultra-learning projects, you can paddle forward and make real progress. In today's podcast episode, I'm going to explore two of the most common barriers to doing an ultra-learning project, finding time and being able to focus. How do you find time to ultra-learn? Occasionally, I get emails from people who like to do the MIT challenge themselves. And strangely, one of the big questions I get asked is whether I think you could do the challenge while also working a full-time job. And although I wouldn't rule it out, my guess is that if you're emailing me to ask you for help on how to do it, you won't be able to. I spent about 50 to 60 hours per week to complete the challenge on time, and I only worked one day per week on my business. So if you know how to finish the challenge while also putting in 40 hours per week on a full-time job, I should be the one emailing you for advice. So this, of course, raises an obvious question. How are you supposed to do ultra-learning if you do have a full-time job? Most people can't take a year off to pursue self-education. Part of the answer to that is in designing your project. While I don't think completing the MIT challenge in one year is feasible with a full-time job for most people, you might be able to complete it over a longer period of time or focus on a subset of the classes that really interests you in that time period. I like to choose projects with a grand scope because they make for interesting material for my blog, but smaller, narrower projects can also be quite successful. For instance, one approach that I discussed before cuts two-thirds of the curriculum that I took for computer science, but it preserves the essential computer science education, the MIT challenge. So you could do a third of the curriculum I did in the MIT challenge, but still learn the same computer science content. But let's say you've winnowed down your project to a narrower scope and decided to take on a fixed hours or fixed time schedule to tackle it. Putting in seven hours per week, let's say, how can you find time to fit that in your schedule? Number one, time is abundant, attention is not. So if you conducted a time log of your activities throughout the day, keeping track of when you spent time on certain things, almost everyone could find at least a few hours of time that doesn't particularly feel useful and you could swap out for an ultra-learning project. Many people, especially the busiest among us, are often shocked at how much of their day is occupied on things that they could probably eliminate without much negative impact. Television, Facebook, random web surfing, emails, etc. Even if you don't have large chunks of time wasted during the day, a rarity for most people, you might find that your time is more fractured and messy than would be ideally productive. Sometimes just by organizing your time better and eliminating interruptions in your work, you can save a few hours of productive time. Given this assessment, I don't think it's reasonable for 95% plus people here to truly say they couldn't spend five hours per week on an ultra-learning project that's truly important to them. Time isn't what's in short supply. 
What is in short supply is attention and coordinating your focus to accomplish something. The biggest barrier to doing an ultra learning project isn't that there's no time to work on it, but that you're always going to be forgetting to put time to work on it or getting distracted by other things. So what's the solution? Make working on your project a habit. Set up a concrete time to invest in your project every day, and even if it's not a lot of time, try to make it as consistent as possible with your schedule so that working on the project will be relatively automatic. Two, choose projects that really matter. Ultra learning projects are hard work. If they're gonna compete for your time and your schedule, they better be at least as important as the other things that you regularly give time to. Given their intensity, it's probably good that they be at least as important as those things that you're devoting time for. I can't say what matters for you or your priorities for your life, but if you've never done an ultra learning project, you need to dream up one which would have major benefits to you if you could complete it. Luckily, for a lot of people who don't regularly do this, there's usually dozens of ultra learning projects that could easily have a better return on investment for their time than many of their other activities. I tend not to start ultra learning projects unless I find them intensely interesting and motivating to pursue. If a project still feels kind of boring or that it's something I should do rather than something I want to do, I usually keep brainstorming and thinking about the project to try to resolve its weaknesses. How do you focus on ultra learning? Even if you manage to set aside time for your ultra learning project, many people struggle with actually executing it. Working on intense, Hard learning activities requires enormous focus and energy. Many people start an ultra learning project with good intentions and planning, but then shortly give up on it afterward when they try to sit down and actually start working on it. Luckily, I think focusing is a skill that you can cultivate. To focus well, you need three parts, environmental design, self-monitoring, and progressive training. Step one, designing a focus-friendly environment. The first step is to design an environment for doing your ultra learning which doesn't have any distractions or temptations. One way to do this is to modify your existing environment to work in. This can mean putting on apps like self-control or leech block or uh, screen time to prevent electronic distractions. So put your phone on airplane mode, hang a do not disturb sign outside of your office. This can work, but for many people the residual distraction will still be too great. An alternative, therefore, is to select a new environment that is mostly disconnected already. So libraries, coffee shops, or even park benches might all serve as potential learning environments. However, it is not possible to create a completely pure and sterile learning environment. You'll always have some distractions or interruptions, so it's important to build the skill of focusing on top of creating a focus-friendly environment. Number two, monitor your focus. Now you're sitting down, ready to learn in an environment with minimal distractions. You open the book or start practicing and five minutes later, hmm, I wonder what John is up to right now. I feel like getting up and doing something else. I caught my mind wandering. I'm not really paying attention at all. Maybe I should just give up. These feelings are normal. Everyone gets distracted by the buzz of their own internal monologue. Everyone gets bored or frustrated. You may feel like quitting or taking a break quite frequently. Focusing is like running. If you've rarely done it for long stretches of time before, it can feel like agony every second. However, if you can push through that temporary temptation to quit, you'll probably realize that you aren't actually that tired and can probably keep doing it for a lot longer. Best of all, if you keep at it, eventually you'll love doing it. I recommend some rules of thumb to help you think about focusing better. 
First, if you catch your mind wandering, don't feel guilty. Just let it naturally gravitate back to the subject. Mind wandering is common, particularly with more passive learning activities like reading or video watching. The key is not to get upset with yourself, but just to let your mind drift back to the task calmly and cleanly. Second, if you feel like quitting, look at the time and set a deadline to allow yourself to take a break if you can reach it. So let's say you're struggling to focus and it's 8.37 a.m. on the clock. You look at the clock and tell yourself you can wait till 8.45 and if you still can't focus by that, you'll take a five-minute break. So very often, 8.45 will fly by and you won't even notice it because you'll be focused again. When you feel the same urge to quit, perhaps this time at 9.03 a.m., you can repeat the exercise. This realization that most urges to quit are fleeting greatly extends your focus. Third, if you hit your deadline and still can't focus, take a smart break. Smart breaks are boring, mentally quiet tasks that allow you to relax your mind without risking opening yourself up to new distractions. So having a drink of water, going for a short walk, doing some push-ups, meditating quietly, or even just closing your eyes and leaning back. Uh, although if you might fall asleep, set a timer though. These are all good examples of smart breaks. Fourth, if you can't focus because you're frustrated, talk out loud about the problem. So talking out loud or writing notes in a journal helps you wrap your head around the problem and find a new solution. This can alleviate the pressure of frustration while still allowing you to make progress on the problem. Fifth, if you can't focus because you're bored, make the learning activity you're doing more active. This means if you're watching a video or reading, try taking more notes. The more action you're taking, the less likely you'll be to get bored and have your mind wander. Sixth, feeling sleepy, angry, strained, drained, etc. Mentally take a step back and let the feeling pass. Don't react to the feeling by immediately getting up and doing something about it. If you notice the feeling, let it pass and continue without reacting to it, you can probably recover from about 90% of the times you feel these urges. Procrastinating on reacting for as long as possible and you'll end up ignoring many non-problems as they pop up. So I highly recommend anyone who struggles with focusing to practice meditation. So there are many, many email courses or guided meditation apps which explain the basics. Meditation is kind of like raw focus, where there isn't a particular productive output of the focus, but instead the contents of consciousness become the object of focus itself. So practicing meditation can help you learn the skill set of dealing with these temporary urges to react, quit, give up, or do something else. And then you can try to practice those and transfer them to another activity where you also have to think about other things other than just focusing. Third, progressively improve your focus. Focus, particularly for people who aren't used to it, can be very difficult. You might feel like it's impossible for you to really focus, that you don't like it, or that it's too exhausting to be worth completing your ultra-learning project. But I think if you push past that, you'll find yourself getting slowly better at focusing. As you improve, you'll be able to persist for longer. Complete a few ultra-learning projects and you may feel like focus is just a switch. Turn it on and get results. One way you can improve your ability to focus is by improving your moment-to-moment self-talk and reactivity while actually focusing. You'll get better, for instance, at letting fleeting internal distractions pass without reacting to them. You'll get better at holding out for slightly longer periods of time before triggering a break or quitting. Another way you'll get better is through conditioning. As you get used to sitting and focusing for long periods of time, they feel more normal and natural. 
Many people aren't used to having any time at all away from distractions and interruptions. For those people, focusing is such an alien task that it may take a while before it feels truly comfortable. Starting your own ultra-learning project. So in the first part of this podcast series, I encourage you to post your own ultra-learning project in the comment section for the original article and see if I could offer feedback. That offer still stands for anyone who wishes to comment there. In this post, I'm going to make a different request. Share with me your difficulties with an ultra-learning project you've already started, and I will do my best to offer advice. So if you're interested in getting some feedback on your own projects, go to the original article for this uh, podcast episode and write your comment below. Ultra-learning projects are challenging and intense, but they also have enormous rewards and benefits. Being able to learn something quickly, impressively, and with confidence can trickle down into many areas of your life. So, what do you want to learn? Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott H. Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, and most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show. It helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found at my website, scotthyoung.com. Thank you.